Man, you ever feel like you just get busy? Anybody in the room just feel busy today? I'm just feeling like I'm really, really busy. And then when you get busy, what happens? You start thinking about all the things that you've got on your mind to do. And anybody step into the fog, you know what I'm saying, what fog is? Like you just can't keep your mind clear and you got so much stuff on your mind because you, you're busy with your head down, right? You put your head down and you start plowing, you start moving some ground and you just think about everything that's right before you. If you follow along, we do, we do an Advent daily uh, reminder. So if you want to join our Advent daily reminder, it gives you a scripture reading daily until Christmas and, um, and then a challenge with the scripture. And I want to encourage you guys, step into that. It's awesome. If you want more information, you can stop at the next steps and we'll have the number to text in or we can put the slide up at the end of the, end of the service. But today's reading was Isaiah 40. And I love this reminder. And I just wanted to bring it before, says it before we start because I... I I don't know about you, but like I get in that fog because I put my head down and I get it done. Anybody get it done kind of person? We just get it done and we just move, right? And you get a lot of stuff done. Isaiah 40 is this reminder though. It's this call to kind of stop. Hold on, stop. And he says in verse 26, he says, lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Hold on, right where you are, just symbolically is like, hold on, look up. And then he says, who created all of these? Look up to the heavens. Who created everything? Oftentimes my perspective gets so small because I get my head down all the time, you know? I'm always looking at what's right before me and I'm thinking about all these things with my family and I'm thinking about work and I'm thinking about job and I'm thinking about this. And I'm thinking about church. I'm thinking about friends. I'm thinking about all the people I let down. I think about all the people that I need to help. And before you know it, I'm overwhelmed and I can't move. And so Isaiah 40 is saying, lift your head for a second. Because I go lower and lower, don't you? I don't know about you, but I go lower and lower. I feel like I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing. And then I can't move. And he says, hey, lift your head for a second. Lift, it, lift up your eyes and see who created all of this. I drove to Pennsylvania with three kids in the car. I don't recommend it for anybody in the world, so don't, don't do it. <laughs> Daniel, go. I don't know what, how you do it, man. <laughs> I can't imagine. But I drove to Pennsylvania, and on the, on the road, we stop about 10 times, and it takes about 12 hours to get there, you know. But on the way, I'm, I'm walking by people, and it gives me fresh perspective because I don't know their story, and they don't know mine. But everybody's got a story, and everybody's got their head down, and they're getting stuff done. And my perspective got bigger as I traveled the country, and I realized, you know what? They don't even know my story. They don't have a clue what's going on in my life. They got their own stuff. How big is my world? My world is so small and I make it, I make it everything. It, there's, a, there's a much bigger place. And God says, would you lift your head today for just a second? Who created all of this? And I'm just excited today that we get to talk about what I believe is going to be some freedom for some of us as we lift our head and recognize the one who actually brings light into our life. And I don't know what you've come looking for or what kind of light you are searching for today. Maybe you think some light in your life would be to get blank, fill in the blank. If I got this, there would be light and life and it would bring understanding, it would bring clarity, it would bring blood. Whatever that is, we all got some things like that. And what I want to point to in the scripture today is the truth. And the truth will set you free. Understand this, some of the light that we're searching to grasp might feel very right and true, but the scripture points us to the absolute truth. 
And this is what this verse in John 1 is going to talk about. So if you've got your scripture, we're going to be in John 1 a little bit. And I'll start in verse 9, and I'm going to go down to 18. And we're just going to unpack 9 through 18 really quick. Are you good to do that? Can we do 9 through 18 together? You good? Let's do it. 9 through 18. And John is writing to get the people to look up. Just to recognize, to see, and to believe. That's the purpose of the way he's writing. He starts in verse 9. I'm going to start in verse 9. The one who is the true light. There he is. The true light. I love that. The true light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created. But the world did not know him. That's, that's key. If you've got, if you're, got your phone or your Bible underlined, they did not know him. He came to his people, and even they rejected him. So the people that should recognize him most, he came to the Jews, and they didn't even recognize him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, some, some people accepted and believed, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with the physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And we're going to follow up with that principle right there. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he spoke to the crowds. We're talking about John the Baptist here. This is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God But the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has has revealed God to us. Do you ever ever wonder what God is like? I mean, the real person of of him, like what, what he would look like in human flesh. Like what's the picture of your view of the God Almighty who reigns in heaven today? What this scripture points us to, the first thing we want to recognize is the first thing, if you want to know who God is, look at the person of Jesus. So if you want to know God's tone toward a certain people or a certain place or a certain time or how he moves and how he weaves around people and how he responds, if you want to know God's response in any circumstance, go look at the person of Jesus. Jesus is God in the flesh, came to us from heaven, born of a virgin, Jesus. So we're going to look at the true light, which is actually Jesus. And I want, to, I want to encourage you today, if your picture of God does not look like Jesus, like if his tone towards you is not Jesus' tone towards you, then I promise you it can be an image that may feel right to you, but it's not right. Jesus is the image of God. And so to get a real good picture of what God is, who God is, we must look at the person of Jesus He came to bring clarity to who God was. And everybody missed it because they were expecting God to be very, very different. 
I wonder how many of us in the room today, we've stepped in with preconceived ideas or we've heard somebody talk sermons. We've heard all kind of manner of things and we have not rooted it in the truth. We're not quite sure of the truth today, but it's jaded us. It's shaded what we see. It's the filter, if you will, on my picture of God. And, and some of it is not true light. And today my prayer is that as we look in the scripture, true light is revealed to us today. The first thing that, that he wants us to know as we look through John 1 is that true light is offered to everyone. He says that in, in verse 9, true light gives light to everyone. And then he steps down into, into verse 10. Immediately John turns the attention to the fact that the Jewish people were waiting for this Messiah. They were looking for God. To show up. They were expecting this Messiah, this one who was going to redeem and save them all, but did not know him. That word know is very crucial. The word know is actually not information. So it's not about the information. It's actually the word know is to, it's a more personal word. It means to recognize. So have you ever had a circumstance where somebody says, hey, go, go, like, go into the mall, you're looking for this kind of person, okay? They got brown hair, they got green eyes, they got what, blah, blah, blah. You can go through the number of things and they give you attributes and you know some information. So you paint a picture in your mind based upon some of the information that you received and then you might or might not see them, right? Like you, cause you're seeing, oh, well that, that kind of, that's not what I expect. So, you know, anybody understand what I'm saying? So what, what happened was, when Jesus shows up on the scene, they had painted this picture in their mind that wasn't true. So when the true one showed up, they didn't recognize him. Because you know what the, paint, the picture they painted was the one that they actually wanted to see. They didn't look at the truth for what the truth really said. They wanted a conquering king that would wipe the slate clean and allow the Jews to rule everything. They wanted a bloodbath. They wanted to rule. And so when Jesus shows up, this humble servant, born of a, of a poor person, how, he could never be one who was offending the greatest among them, you know? One who was serving the ones who were sick and not allowed to enter the Holy of Holies because of laws that were created. They were not good enough to enter. So when this man Jesus shows up and begins to break all the rules for some people, he was liberal to some and he was conservative to some. Come on now. They said, this cannot be because it don't look like me. I don't want this guy. They did not recognize him. The word recognize is, is absolutely profound as we, as we look through this. Hear me today. Many people knew uh, what Jesus said, yet they never recognized him. They knew all the information, but they didn't know what he looked like. And I want to encourage you, many, many of you um, uh, know a lot of information about him. But one of the lies that I, I think that we oftentimes believe is that we need another class. We need some more information. That happened, there was, a, there was a man named Nicodemus who came to Jesus in John chapter 3, and he shows up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, uh, he calls him teacher. And he says, great teacher, you're a wonderful teacher. Only, only uh, somebody sent by God could talk like you could talk. You see, Nicodemus wanted more information. How do you do these things? I want to know what I must do to do these things. I want to know. 
And this is what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Jesus said, hey, Nicodemus, you don't need another class. You need to be reborn. You need to be born again. Some of us are, are believing the lie that we need more information before we can actually make a difference. And I want to encourage you, you might not need more information, but you might need the person of Jesus and actually resting and trusting in what Christ did who sets you free to actually go to work right now. Like the woman at the well, when Jesus shows up in her life, he starts sharing her the good news. And guess what she does? You know what she does? She turns around and goes back to the town, tells everybody what Jesus said, and guess what happens? The whole town goes, i got to come out and see Jesus. i got to come figure that out. She took one class with Jesus. She took one encounter with Jesus. And I just want to encourage us, some of us in the room, we've sat through information upon information upon information, and we wonder, how could I get good enough? How could I measure up? How could I actually accomplish? How could I do something? And I want to encourage you, you don't need another class. You need Jesus, man. You need the true light who breaks free in the darkness. And when the true light shines in your life, you can't help. You can't hold it back. i got to give it away because <laughs> it's such good news. It sets you absolutely free. But we get enslaved by a light that seems so right. And we build a mountain, I don't know about you, but I build a mountain in front of me that I need to climb before I can actually do anything of any importance. And I just want to tell you, Jesus moves mountains. If you'll come to him, he'll move the mountain in your life today. And I, I ask you, are you climbing the right mountain? What mountain are you actually climbing? And my prayer is that you receive Christ, who is the true light, the one who gives you actually the power to actually climb mountains. The reason that John writes his letter is, is captured in John 20, verse 31. He says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. So I'm writing this so that you actually believe in Jesus, so that you know the true light. I'm trying to get you to understand it. It's all about Jesus. Lift up your eyes and see. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life. There it is. So that you actually have life in his name. Life is found in the true light. And you can search the world over again. And some of you are looking for light in all of the wrong places. You're sure that this next time it's going to make you happy. You're sure this time it's going to fulfill you, right? That job or that person or whatever it is in your life. I'm sure the next person's actually going to make me happy. The next marriage is going to be better, I promise. It's actually going to be the thing that completes me. Whatever that thing is that you feel like is going to bring light and life into your life, John is trying to say, listen, you're looking for Jesus. You're looking for Jesus. So look no further, friend. You came to the right spot. Let's go. You're looking for Jesus. His light brings life. On an ad for the U.S. Marines, there's an ad that comes out, and uh, it has this sword. Any Marines in the room today? Any Marines? Come on, my friend. Hey, can we give? Yeah, let's go. But in this, in this ad for the Marines, you, you'll understand this better than anybody. It says, earned, never given, right? Like, you earned it. You earned the right of the applause because you did a lot to get there. So... I applaud you, friend, like killed it. But, but here's, here's, the, here's the shift for the gospel. Here's the shift in Christianity. The, the Marine's motto is earned, never given. The Christian motto is given, never earned. Given, never earned. I could never earn this true light. I could never get to the place where I'm actually ready to make a difference. I, I can't do it in my own right. So I gotta come to the one who actually makes me right. 
And the second I start thinking that I can make right or I can do good, that's when I begin to fall. Anybody find yourself, you find yourself, you're getting better. Anybody getting better at the Christian life? You start walking with Jesus. I'm like, I have actually gotten there. I'm starting to win. Anyone in the room begun to win? I got winners back here. Thank you. I've begun to win. And I climb this mountain and I get to the top and I go, look what I have done. I've worked very hard to get here. And what happens tomorrow? I fall. I'm like, how did I get here? You know, and I'm like, am I, am I really, yeah, that, that used to be my, my old walk with the Lord. Am I real? Am I, am I, but in reality, what I, what I, what I begin to miss is I begun to blame uh, God for the wrong things and I begin to credit me for the wrong things. What Paul says, if, if there is good in me, then it is Christ in me. So as you begin to follow Christ up the mountain that he calls you, when you begin to see the marks of Christ happening, it should give you reason to praise because you go, oh, it's evidence that you're alive in me. And I, I haven't done a thing. You've created it in me. And it keeps you in the place where you'll, you'll continue to climb as long as you remain praise-filled. But the second you start recognizing how wonderful you are, and you separate yourself from the wonderful goodness of God, and you become the light, you begin to stumble and fall into the darkness a little bit. And so the scripture points us to understand, please understand, if you begin to win, understand that Christ has caused you to win. And if there's good in you, then it's Christ in you. Now credit Christ. Credit him. He's doing great work in your life. It's all about him. He is the true light. And in him, there is light. Apart from him, there is no light. I'm not light apart from him. The light has entered because he has entered. Verse 12 and 13 is so important because they tell us how that we become children of God. Verse 12 and 13 tell us um, to, to become children of God, it says to receive Jesus and believe in him. That word believe is to trust, is to surrender. It's this idea of gripping something. If you ever want something so bad when you're a little kid, you hold on to it tight and you go, you can't have this, it's mine, right? It's mine. That's what my two-year-old says, no, mine. And my four-year-old says, no, mine. And they try to take, they fight. And that grip that grip onto what they believe will complete their life right now as a toy. It'll transform into something else later. It transforms for us all, right? But what it's saying is if you will let go of the thing that you hold on to so tightly right now, believing that it's going to be light for you, and if you were to grasp Jesus, the thing that actually doesn't seem like it's going to bring life, but it will, if you grasp hold of Jesus, and that is the word of belief, if you will just grab him, and if you would surrender the thing that you hold that may seem like life and light but is not, Jesus is saying, I'm the light you're looking for. Let go, surrender, trust, and believe him. And as we believe him, believing him means putting our future in his hands. It means welcoming his leadership and direction into our life. It means turning from our life and joining his life. That's what it looks like to believe and actually surrender and experience life. So may I beg you today, would you see the salvation that true light could bring? Like the absolute setting you absolutely free. We have the tendency today uh, to draw a dividing line and we'll go left or right. Things have not changed. I need you to know that. In Jesus' day, there was two groups. There was the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They were leaders in the community. And the Sadducees, actually, they were religious leaders, but they become very liberal and they had walked away from some of the truth, 
They no longer believed in resurrection. They didn't believe in miracles. They stopped kind of believing some of the scriptures. So a sect rose up to actually bring right back. We're actually going to do the word. They were called Pharisees. They actually did the word better than anyone. I mean, I'm talking like, we, we think of the word Pharisee, and we're like, oh, Pharisees now, you know? Like, you're a Pharisee. But actually, the Pharisees were really actually pretty good people. I mean, they gave 10% of everything they had. They memorized the entire Bible, y'all. They knew it better than anyone. They could quote it at the top of the hat. They waved in the marketplace. They were very popular, by the way. They put a big smile on, and they were welcomed by all. Jesus says, uh, be careful of the one who's welcomed everywhere. Be careful of the one who's, who, who no one speaks ill of. Be careful of them. And so what Jesus did, he comes in and he breaks the line because one was swinging far left saying, this is the way. One was swinging far right saying, no, we got to go back to the way it was. We got to make everything right again. We got to make it great. And the left was saying, we got to do whatever we want. We got to break all the rules and there is no law. There is no rule. We got to move in this way of liberalism. And I'm telling you, Jesus comes in the middle and says, I tell you the truth to the liberal, Jesus is going to seem conservative to the conservative. Jesus, the gospel is going to seem a little bit liberal. And that is not a line we like. We like to define it and understand a system that he brings one way or the other. But it will offend every single one of us because it's right in the middle. He'll call you out of legalism. He'll call you out of law living. And he'll say it's all grace. If you want to go lawless, he'll take you back into understanding what it's all about. There is a way. There is a truth. And he stated it. And so the line that Jesus draws is right in the middle, and it hacked everybody off. They didn't like it because it didn't look like them. It actually looked like nobody. And I want to encourage you guys today. Remember this. Even his closest people did not recognize him. So today you might think, no, no I, got, I got a perfect picture of Jesus. And I just want to, I want to tell you that I don't have a perfect picture of Jesus. I'm still discovering him. And I want to encourage you to keep discovering Jesus. Don't allow yourself to get boxed in, not quite sure what you really believe if it's not in there. Don't create a box that isn't there, but it's our great temptation to create a box that doesn't actually exist in the scriptures. So allow the scripture to point you to the picture of who Jesus is, and it is the person of Jesus. As we finish today, the second thing is true light reveals the heart of God. You know the only way that this is amazing to you, the only way that this, this idea is amazing to you today is in John chapter 9, Jesus finds a, a, a blind man in John chapter 9. And his disciples look at this blind man who was born blind from birth and they say, hey, whose sin caused this man blindness? Who did this? Because in that day, what was taught is uh, you got what you deserved, and if you were sick, it was because you, you did something to deserve it. So the ones who were not sick, obviously, they didn't do anything wrong, you know? So it was like, it was just the scarlet letter. And so Jesus, here's what Jesus says. I tell you the truth, it's no man's, it's no man's sin that caused this man's blindness. He says, this man is blind so that the glory of God can be revealed through this man. I want to encourage you today, if you're walking through really challenging something, uh, whatever challenging circumstance you're walking in, that's the truth. 
Some of us want to blame sin or problem or pain, but I have a great expectation that in the midst of that pain, God actually wants to show up and show out in that circumstance of your life. That's exactly what Jesus says. In the midst of his blindness, God's going to show up and show out. He heals this man, and the man goes to the temple in places that he was never allowed to go because of his sickness. So the people stop, and they say, wait, how did you get healed? And he starts talking about this man named Jesus who healed him. They ask him several, several times, and the man goes, what do you, what do you want me to say? Like, I just know that I was sick or I was blind, and now I am healed. I have no idea. I'm just telling you the story of Jesus. He did it. And they say, that man is, is full of demons. He's, he's not a good man. And the blind man looks and he says something very profound to these religious teachers of the law. He says, you mean a, a man filled with demons just healed me? They say, who are you to teach us? And they throw him out of the temple. Who are you to teach us? They say, you were born into sin. You were sick. You're the sinner. You have no right to talk to me. They kick him out. But Jesus hears this, and he goes and finds the man. I love the heart of our Savior. Here's the heart of God, okay? He goes to the one who's been cast out, and he goes and finds him, and he has a conversation with him. And he says, do you want to believe? Do you want to know the Son of Man? And the man says, show me who this is that I might believe. And he says, I, I'm he. And he says, I believe. And the man begins to follow Jesus. And here's what Jesus says. I want to read this to you. He said, the Lord, I believe. And he began to worship Jesus. That's what happens when you begin to believe. You, you live a life of worship. So just understand this. As you believe, your life of worship will increase. Then Jesus told him, he says, I entered this world to render judgment, to be a revealer, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. I come to, to break all the rules that weren't actually supposed to be rules. I shatters them. Holy rebel. Love it. Some of the Pharisees were standing nearby and they said, are you saying we're blind? Huh? You calling me blind? You're telling me I'm blind? Who do you have a right to say I'm blind? You're blind. Jesus says this profound statement in verse 41. He says, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. If you knew your sickness, you actually would be well. If you knew how ill you were, you would actually be okay. I want to know, if you, if you know your illness today, you're actually on the road to recovery. But he says, Jesus replied, but if you remain guilty, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. If you don't need Jesus to see, then you may still be in darkness today. And I would say, it's not may, it is. If you don't need Jesus today to see, then you are in darkness, So the scripture says. And you might have a great life. You might actually be prettier than everybody in the room. But I want you to know at the end of days, when you really get the full scope, when all this thing is said and done, you will know that it was far more than the rules of this place. And oh, how I wish you would be set free today. 
What are you living for? What are you living to grasp? What are you living to hold today? What light do you desire? Is it the true light? And is it worth living for? That's my question for you today. And if it's not Christ, run to him today. And he will receive you with open arms today and every single day. You can run to him. The second you know your blindness, take it to him. And he will bring healing in your life moment after moment after moment. But you got to know that you're ill apart from him. You've got to know that you actually don't have light apart from him. You've got to actually believe that there is no light. There's no hope apart from Jesus. Jesus is the only hope. If you believe and surrender, that is let go and trust and grab on to the king of heaven, that is when salvation actually happens in your life. That's when the breakthrough happens. That's when you are set free. Hey, you don't need another class, Nicodemus. You need to be born again. Come alive. Go grab Jesus. Hold on tight and trust that he will break loose. And I promise you, it will begin to break loose in your life. Jesus is the light you've been looking for. That's my prayer as we close today.